Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who definitely would be upset if anyone used his towel, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. I would be upset, and we gotta. We, there's so much explanation. This podcast is about to be four hours because I got so much to say about this. Number one, I know what you're referencing, Trevor. Trevor just started New Girl. For anyone that has seen New Girl, wonderful show. A show that uh, the other podcast member that's on here, Ben O'Brien, and I love. Um, and Here's the thing, Trevor. This has happened in your your very home. When we came and visited you in Chicago, big shout out to Josh Baskin, but he sucks for this. All right, <laughs> I walk in to go shower, and he goes, use the gray towel. And I'm like, I've been using blue towels. He's like, well, I just use a blue towel. While he was supposed to use the gray towel. So, look, Tre- Trevor, in your household, we allowed a person to do this, all right? <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with myself. It was uh... a disaster. I don't want Josh on me. None of that. None of that. Ben, obviously a big New Girl fan. What are your thoughts on the situation that unfolded in Chicago? I mean, it's just it, it perfectly sums up the the dynamic between you and Josh. Like, it just makes so much sense. Like, if like it like I, that doesn't surprise me one bit that that happened. I don't even remember that happening really, but um, it just makes a lot of sense. It, it makes perfect sense. I could see Josh saying that exact thing, and you getting all upset, and your voice gets high pitched, and you talk really quick, and you're explaining to him how stupid he is. I just it makes a lot of sense. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I, I think all of that all of that was a reasonable analysis of what did happen and what could have happened. Um, but Trevor, we hope you're enjoying New Girl because the show is is just absolutely marvelous. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've loved it a lot. I mean, I've already gotten 14 episodes in, and usually when I watch shows, it takes me a while to get through them. So the fact that I've already watched 14 episodes and I started this show like a week anything. ago... What? It takes you a while to eat, eat breakfast. It does. You're just slow at everything. It does, you're right. It does take you a while to do everything, Trevor. It really does. Very true. But that's okay. Uh, I'd rather be slow than fast. Uh, you know, you done. <laughs> no, no, that was a complete lie. I was just saying that, that to make Trevor feel better. But that's okay. Look, look, we're a sports podcast. We don't need to talk about Trevor's 50-minute long showers. All right. We're getting into sports today. Let's start in college basketball. First topic on the ballot, Illinois fighting Illini in the Big Ten. They were supposed to be big and bad, all really good. Um, and they've lost a lot of games, Trevor. Lost a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Illinois, they were a team, we, we talked about them on the podcast at least once or twice. Early in the year, I was a big fan. I loved watching them play. They were so fun to watch. They had just so much talent. You know, they had... Um, guys in the front court, like a Matthew Meyer, uh, Dane Danger off the bench. You know, you've got Terrence Shannon. Obviously, you have these uh, freshman guards that you have. And they were just so fun to watch for so many different reasons. And they picked up some big early wins in the season. You know, they got a big win over Texas in early December. Um, they got a big win over UCLA um, back in November. So they were playing really well. And I thought they were, at the time, I was saying, like, I think Illinois is a top 10 team. Well, uh, it hasn't gone well for Illinois recently. Um, they are 0-3 to start Big Ten play. They have not won a Big Ten game. They, they lost to Maryland by 5 points. Uh, they lost to Penn State by 15 points at home. And they most recently lost to Northwestern um, on the road on Wednesday. So really bad stretch here for Illinois. Um, and just to make matters worse, uh, freshman guard Sky Clark um, is transferring from Illinois. He's a freshman guard. Early in the year, he was in the starting lineup. Uh, was you know he was a player that I think a lot of Illinois fans had a lot of hope for. They thought he could be um, you know maybe the the key player in their uh, backcourt that would you know help carry them potentially to a Final Four run in the NCAA tournament possibly. But he is transferring. It hasn't gone as well for him. You know he. 
I noticed in a couple games earlier that I watched with Illinois, um, he definitely can have his moments where he can get hot, he can play well, but he also can get kind of erratic, you know, um, you know, some turnovers um, and stuff like that, and it hasn't gone well. And, and Brad Underwood, I mean, we had the press conference back in December where he was very upset at his team for their lack of effort. I mean, you just see, I see a ton of clips like, seems like almost every game he's you know yelling on the sideline um you know in timeouts stuff like that so it's not going well for Illinois the vibes are not good not nearly as good as they were back in November and they got to figure out a way to turn around maybe you know you know Sky Clark leaving now maybe they can have a little bit more of a solid idea of what the rotation is going to be I think that's giving a big opportunity to Jaden Epps who I think you know so far from what I've seen has been a little bit more of a stabilizer you know, playing point guard, even Sincere Harris, a guy who obviously I like because he played at St. Vincent St. Mary in high school. So that gives more of an opportunity to those guys to kind of find their place in the backcourt for this team um, because Illinois, uh, they need something to shift and they need it to happen very soon because um, in a conference like the Big Ten, very tough conference, uh, every night there's pretty much, uh, you know, you have a tough game. So Illinois has to find a way to turn it around very fast. Um so that's what I wanted to talk about with Illinois, um, just because they were a team that I liked watching early in the year. Just a couple other quick storylines. Um, we had Purdue and UConn both lose. We actually have no undefeated mm-hmm. teams remaining. Uh, New Mexico lost as well earlier in the week, so no more undefeated teams left. But Purdue, you know, they, they play Rutgers on Monday. Rutgers beats them 65-64. to And Rutgers has now done this tw- two years in a row, where they have beaten Purdue— um, I believe when Purdue was number one both times. Purdue was number one at a point in time last year, and Rutgers uh, pulled the upset on them. So Rutgers now is a team who has, you know, beaten number one ranked teams two years in a row and Purdue both times. So good good news for Rutgers there. They're an interesting team to kind of watch over. Obviously, UConn as well. They've lost. They're now um, not in the ranks of uh, unbeaten, and they've lost two in a row um, for UConn. So not great, you know. Um, they're obviously a team with a lot of talent. I, I feel like they'll, you know, fix these little issues they have, but just something to keep an eye on. UConn, Purdue, obviously, you know, you Purdue losing one game, UConn losing two. Uh, final thing I want to mention: TCU Baylor. This was probably the best game of the week. It was the best, certainly the best game of the week I saw. Um, with TCU getting the eighty-eight to eighty-seven win over. Um, Baylor, and just a really, really solid win for TCU. I mean, and how about a run for TCU sports in general? Obviously, we're going to talk about the college football national championship coming up, which TCU is a part of. Now the TCU basketball team, they're ranked. Um, They just got a big win over Baylor. Obviously, you know, they're playing very well. Um, So, you know, shout out to TCU. They're just, they're they're playing really well, and it's it's good to see for that program. Yeah, I think like, Big shout out to TCU because both of these teams coming into the season. I mean, t- the TCU football team is projected to win seven games. This TCU basketball team was was not projected to do well at all, and they're sitting at twelve and one right now, uh, according to the last rankings. I don't know what they are. They still twelve and one, Trevor. I really don't know. No, they're thir- um, thirteen and one after that win. Thirteen so, yep. and one. So really big props to them. They they've just been killing it. Um, one other team, Trevor, that we have to talk about. We have to talk about at least a little bit. Just mention them is College of Charleston. Now, I, I know when I say that, everyone listening is like, what? Why are we talking about College of Charleston? The number 23 team in the nation. They're 14-1. and one. Trevor and I were in a little college basketball fantasy league with some of my, my father's friends. And College of Charleston was a pick that we took. 
and they're killing it, Trevor. 14-1. and one. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I think they have a national championship hopeful right there. Absolutely. They really do. And Charleston, they're a team. They, they've kind of went on a run now. They're 15-1. and one. They're ranked in the top 25. They're 23rd. I think they will move up a couple more places. They should be number one. Rank them number one, you cowards. Just, you know, come on. Just do it. AP voters, Charleston, I, they should be I'm number one. I'm with Trevor. It's, it's, uh, the only team they lost to was at North Carolina. And North Carolina's not a bad team. Now, they're not a great team. But North Carolina's not a bad team. This is a team that's going to take over the world. College of Charleston should be number one in the nation. Count me in. But look, let's get to a different TCU uh, here and go over to, uh, of course, the national championship, which is on Monday in two days. We are recording this podcast a little bit early. We have Georgia versus TCU. Um, and we, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think about this game? Because I, I would not have predicted TCU to be in it, but here they are. Um, ben, I'm going to go to you first. We got one final game here. Who do you think is going to win it? This is so hard um, because I think there's a couple different routes that you can take in terms of trying to predict what's going to happen in this game. And like you said, I, I, most people did not assume that we'd see a, a Georgia-TCU matchup. Um, I think most people assumed to be Georgia-Michigan or maybe even Ohio State-Michigan. TCU, we, we kind of just wrote TCU off because they put all these close games. They barely won a lot of these games in the Big 12, but... It's not, in, in some ways, it's like, well, they know how to win when, when, it, when it matters, when it counts. Um, they, they play the rest football in the fourth quarter. So it's, it's tough. And I think and I haven't even decided which route I'm going to take until right now. But I think I'm going to take the route of I'm just going to continue to disrespect TCU because I think it's working for them. And I want them <laughs> to win. So I'm going to say there's no way TCU wins. Um, and I think you can make an argument for that. I mean, look at Georgia. Georgia is essentially an NFL team like they were last year. They continued it this year. Essentially an NFL team. They have NFL talent all over the field, really, except for quarterback. Um, and I think TCU is just outmatched, but again, TCU is, people assumed was outmatched going into the Michigan game. So, um, I really have no idea. I think Georgia's like a, a two score or two touchdown favorite. Maybe I'm going to say that they cover. I think Georgia will win by like 17 points. That's, that's my official prediction. I want TCU to win. TCU has kind of like team of destiny vibes. Um, but I, I think that the, them playing the disrespect card has worked for them. So I'm going to continue to hope that they play that card. They play the us against the world uh, card, the you know a chip on chip on their shoulder. So I'll say that that Georgia wins. Maybe it'll be close for a little bit, but I think by halftime we'll have an idea. Um, and I think the question by ha- or the the result of the game by halftime, I don't think will be in doubt. I think even if it's close at halftime, again, this is just my guess. I think people will be all right. Georgia's clearly the better team, unless TCU really plays out of their mind in the second half. Georgia's going to win by by multiple touchdowns. So I'll say Georgia by mm-hmm. 17. That's my official prediction. Okay, Trevor, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just I just have a hard time seeing how TCU is going to be able to stop Georgia's offense. I I just I have a really hard time. I mean, Michigan put up 45 points and it didn't even seem like they played that well. Um, so with this Georgia team, I mean, you know, Ohio State I feel like played their best game of the season and still could not beat Georgia. Georgia still won the game. Uh, they just look so impressive. Um, for most of the year, you know, maybe they had one slip up earlier in the season, like they barely beat Missouri, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, over the last few weeks, I mean, Georgia has continued to look really good. In the SEC Championship, they put up 50 points against LSU, and then, you know, they get the win 42-41 to 41 over Ohio State. So the biggest thing to me is like, you know, I know TCU did a pretty decent job against Michigan's running game considered considering how much of a strength that was supposed to be for Michigan. But 
this Georgia offense, I just I don't really see a path. I'm I'm like trying to figure out how are they going to slow them down, and I don't quite see it. So I think Ben, you know, said about 17 points. I think that's pretty on point. I mean, I would say it's going to be similar to that. I think Georgia's going to score a lot of points, probably in the 40s. Um, I would say, you know, maybe a 41 to 24 type game, 41 27, something like that. I think Georgia just has too much talent, um, you know, too much talent in general, but especially uh, looking at their offense versus TCU's defense matchup. And I, that's why I think Georgia's going to take it. You know, we, we look at this matchup, and it seemingly is an easy answer. Uh, the line is 12.5 to Georgia. It's got to be one of the biggest title game lines, frankly, ever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hearing your guys' logic. It makes so much sense. We saw Georgia beat uh, a great Ohio State team. We t- saw TCU beat a really good Michigan team. Uh, and, uh, you know, one's undefeated, hasn't even really come that close to losing. One had a rough game in the championship against Kansas State. And I think the easy cop-out answer here is to say Georgia. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going with them. I'm oh, going with TCU. Oh. I'm going with TCU. They made me a believer against Michigan. I think Max Duggan is going to take this team all the way, and they're going to win this championship game. They're going to hit Georgia in the mouth a little bit. They're not going to know what hit them. Um, and I don't think defense is going to be a matter here. They both are going to score more points. But you look at Max Duggan, you look at Quentin Johnston, I think TCU takes this game. I got TCU by four points. They win by four. That is my official prediction. I understand it's 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 crazy. It's wild. But that's what I'm going with. TCU wins this game. I like it. I, you guys got it. I like it, Brandon. Any final thoughts here? I like the boldness. I, I, I can appreciate that. Ben, you, you want to compliment my pick? I, I respect the pick. Again, I would, I would have loved to pick TCU, but I'm just assuming that, that we're the number one sports podcast of the TCU football team. I wanted to make sure that they, they felt disrespected so they really feel motivated to go out there and, and beat up on Georgia on well, Monday we, night. We are actually the number one podcast uh, sports podcast in the, uh, you know, the, the TCU area. Um, <laughs> you, you don't know what part of Texas it is. Is that why you didn't say that? Are they uh, Fort Worth? I think let me, Fort Worth. Let me think, think about it. Are they... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Are they Fort Worth? <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In the TCU area. <laughs> in the Fort yes. Worth area, we're the number one TCU sports yes. podcast. So I, I have to believe in my team. Texas Christian University wins this game. Also, All right, let's move along. Just side here. tangent. I am wearing a purple shirt right now, so I oh. am also on the TCU train in terms of uh, disrespect. Let's give them some fuel. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right, let's move along here to professional sports. Get a little bit into the NBA, Trevor. We're roughly, we're getting close to halfway through the season here. Um, You know, most teams have played what it seems like 38, 39 games, anywhere between that and like 41 games. Um, So right around the halfway point. Um, We're at this point. What does the season tell you so far? Who do you think are, you know, really the contenders? What are your thoughts at this point, Trevor? Yeah, so I mean, I think the I mean the biggest thing right now that's happening is obviously these incredible individual performances that are happening. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like almost every night we're seeing it, and we we talked about that last week. Obviously, since then, Donovan Mitchell just insane had seventy one points, and I think it was eleven assists or something like that. Just just wild. He he scored or assisted on like ninety nine total points, which apparently is the most points if you say like points and assists. So like um, creating points. It's only second to Wilt Chamberlain when he had the uh, whatever the 100 point game, whatever it was. So that's that's just wild when you kind of put it in that perspective. But 
kind of what I want to do today, since we are basically at the halfway point, essentially, um, you know, not quite, I guess. Some of these teams are 38, 39, 40 games, but we're basically there. I kind of wanted to go through and talk about, like, where teams stand, and I kind of separated them into tiers, um, and I want to get your guys' opinions on it. So I'm going to kind of, we'll start in the Eastern Conference. Um, I'm just going to go down the list with, with my tiers, and then I want to hear your thoughts. So the Eastern Conference is where we'll start. The tiers I basically have, I, I wanted to make it simple, easy to understand. So essentially it's like, right now this team is a contender to win the East. Um, that's the first tier. The second tier is they will be a contender or they could be, meaning like maybe they have an injury, maybe they have a trade to make that can make them a contender, something along those lines. The third tier is like playoffs, like go for it, try to make the playoffs, try to see if you can get better. Maybe you can make a trade to make your team more interesting in the playoffs. And then the last team, last tier is basically like you should tank. Like you, your team is bad. You know, Victor Webinyama is out there. Scoot Henderson is out there. You should tank. So I did those four tiers for both the East and the West. So for the East, I have three teams in the contenders. I have the Celtics, I have the Bucks, and I have the Brooklyn Nets. Those are my three teams in the East contenders. Um, so I guess we'll start there. Uh, Brandon, I'll, I'll go to you. Those are my three contenders, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Nets right now. At this moment, as they are co- constituted, the teams they have, the rosters they have, they are all contenders. They will be there when it matters. They will all be a factor. So what, what are your thoughts? So here's my main question I have for you here is why are the Cavs not in this discussion? They're, they're only half a game back from the Bucks, uh, two and a half from the Celtics at the top. They, they all have basically the same number of wins. Um, the, the Cavs have the second highest point differential of the, those four teams. Why not the Cavs? Absolutely. So that's a great question. The Cavs are the next team in, in my next tier. I think the Cavs, basically, they're, they're missing one piece. They're missing a key rotation piece on the wing that can be a guy who can mainly hit threes, but I think also getting another really solid defender. Um, you know, if I if I could put it this way, I think the Cavs are essentially a Macau Bridges away from being a championship contender or that type of player. You could even say like a Andrew Wiggins type, like, Guys like that, if they can get a player like that, they will be contenders. They will have a chance to win the championship. But I think they are that piece away. I think right now they rely a lot on Donovan Mitchell scoring, especially you know with with Darius Garland being out. And that's another thing. They're not uh, Garland did play in the latest game, but they're not a hundred percent healthy. And yeah, no one's a hundred percent healthy. I get that. But you know, just a factor looking at Cleveland playing lately is they haven't been 100% healthy, and it still seems clear that they need that wing piece in order to win a playoff series against a team like the Boston Celtics or a team against the like the Milwaukee Bucks. So they are in my next tier, which is the East teams that will be or could be contenders uh, once we get to April. And the only other team in that tier with them is the 76ers. So the Cavs and the Sixers are in that tier. I think the Sixers as well, obviously they have Joel Embiid, makes them a contender. You know, pretty pretty self-explanatory there. They're getting healthier. And then my next tier, I think there's a pretty big drop-off after that top five. The next tier is playoffs. These teams, you know, try to make the playoffs, go for it, try to get better. Um, those teams I have are the Knicks, the Pacers, the Heat, the Bulls, the Hawks, and the Raptors. So, some people will think that some of these teams maybe should be in my last year. Like, there's a lot of people that think the Bulls should tank. 
There's a lot of people that think the Raptors maybe should tank. Some people maybe even saying the Hawks should tank. I still think these all te- these are teams that are in positions where it, it's tough. It's not as easy just to say like, oh, it's clear that they're not a championship team. Tank. It's it's not always that simple. So I think these are teams that clearly they need changes in order to get into that conversation of contention. Clearly, the Chicago Bulls need to try to trade Nikola Vucevic if they can. Uh, I don't know if they can, but if they can, they should. Um, you know, the Raptors obviously have a lot of issues as well that we're seeing this year, but they're in that tier. And then the tank tier, the final tier, I have the Wizards, the Magic, the Hornets, and the Pistons, all bad teams. The Wizards have actually been better as of late, but Bradley Beal, I think, just got another minor injury. Those teams are all, you know, a ways away from being real threats. So that's kind of the way I see in the East. Um, Ben, I, I guess before I go to the West, I'll ask you, any any other things that stand out um, that kind of you wanted to mention? Well, Trevor, I have a question for you actually, mm-hmm. um, because you're you're the expert here. So of that that third tier, that those listed teams, that third tier, um, I think obviously it's likely that if these teams make the playoffs, they're going to be the lower seed. They're going to have to play one of those top teams. Those third tier teams, which one do you think is most likely at this moment if they were to play one of the big boys in the first round of the playoffs? Which one of those teams do you think? is most likely to be able to upset one of those top dogs? Who do you think has what it takes in that third tier to maybe make a run, win a playoff series, or maybe two? So, If any. Yeah. Maybe, not, maybe none of them do. So right now, I mean, the New York Knicks are the best of those teams at the moment, I think. I think the Knicks are... But they're missing their best player, so it's tough. It is tough when you <laughs> They're missing Obi Toppin. Yeah, sure. Even though they've won four in a row, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they've won four in a yeah. row. They're missing their best That's player. a factor. I think the Knicks are probably the best team. I mean, the Pacers have been interesting for sure. Miami's starting to play better. But I think the Knicks have... I mean, they have the best point differential of all of those teams in the next tier. They've won four in a row. Um, Jalen Brunson has been a, a big addition to them. He's definitely improved their team. Julius Randle, he's starting to play like the player he was two years ago, not last year. Um, you know, R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett's been up and down. He's not exactly the player at this point that I would have hoped he would be, but he's still, you know, he's obviously still a solid uh, rotational piece. So the Knicks, to me, are, are that next best team, just in terms of, like, the talent they have on their roster, how they've been playing right now. I, I would say they're the most likely team um, to upset. Now, you, you know, you can argue, like, one of these teams, like if they make a trade, like the Miami Heat, if they can get like a, a really solid like shooter slash playmaker, maybe they could be that team. But at the moment, their offense is pretty stagnant. It's not really the case. So I, I would say the Knicks. Interesting. Yep. Interesting, Trevor. So do you see the East as having, like, some of these teams that not, are not as good, do you see the East as having, like, a lot of potential in, like, two, three years? Um. Yeah, so, I mean, you can look at some of these teams at the bottom. The biggest team that stands out to me is the Orlando Magic because the Orlando Magic, like, if I'm a Magic fan, I'm, I'm very, uh, like, I'm, I'm very hopeful for the future because they just drafted Paolo Bancaro. He's, I would say, the clear frontrunner for Rookie of the Year. He's been really good. And he looks like he absolutely could be a future superstar for this team, the way he's played in his first season. And then you have a guy like Franz Wagner, who's been really solid. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. Jalen Suggs has dealt with um, some injuries, but I still like him. I still am not giving up on Jalen Suggs yet. They have Cole Anthony, uh, Wendell Carter. Um, So I think what the Orlando Magic are building, um, you know, could be a really good team and, you know, two, three, four years from now. I think they have a lot of potential. Detroit is another one. Cade's 
out for the season, so it's, it's a little bit trickier. We still haven't seen a ton of flashes like we have with Orlando, but, you know, you can look at Detroit as well as, like, they have Kate Cunningham, they have Jane Ivey. You know, th- there are things to be excited about at the very least. But some of these other teams, it, you know, they're kind of tr- like the Washington Wizards are kind of the biggest one. And they've been like this for the few years now. They've been treading water. They're always mediocre, it seems like, the Wizards are. So the Wizards don't really seem to have a plan. They kind of just tread water. They try to win. And at, t- like they, at times they look good, but they don't have a real path here. They've, they've had this Bradley Beal thing ongoing. Um, now they still haven't gotten rid of him. They haven't found a, a good trade partner. Um, Porzingis is playing well. Kuzma's been decent, but they don't really have a real like direction. I would say. Interesting. All right. Well, let's let's get to the uh, the Western Conference here, Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. So Western Conference. Um, start with contenders, and again, this is just right now. Um, so you know, you could argue that there's going to be a clear team missing here, but. The contenders at this moment are the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies in some order. I, you know, you could one, two, I don't know. They're very close. I, I have the Memphis, in my latest power rankings, I have the Grizzlies ahead of them. I, I probably still will just because I think I like them a little bit better defensively. But the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, they're the contenders, just those two. And then the next tier has five teams, the teams that will be or could be contenders, those teams are the Warriors, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Clippers, and the Mavericks. So obviously, I think the first question might be the Warriors. The Warriors right now, obviously, you know, they don't have Steph, Steph back. They are playing better without him, which is, which or not better without him in general, but like better than I expected them to play without him um, is the right way of phrasing it, which I think gives them hope because I think you can argue that um, now, when Steph comes back, even on the minutes when he has to be off the floor, he has to take a rest, you know. Um, you know, you can count on Jordan Poole a little bit more because of the way he's played. You can count on Clay Thompson a little bit more because it seems like he's found his rhythm. He's been playing really well. So the Warriors are up there. And then, obviously, all these other teams, they need either they need to make a trade. Um, they have a big entry, like the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker's hurt, um, obviously, right now. Uh, the Clippers, I think, need to make a trade or, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard needs to get back to his old self. He hasn't really been the same guy athletically, so it's still possible that could happen. The Mavericks, obviously, they have Luka, so they're in the mix, but they clearly need to try to make a trade to to put more around Luka in order to contend. If they don't, um, then they'll probably be likely a first-round exit because it's it's kind of Luka or bust for the Mavericks um, but I'll stop there. Uh, ben, I'll go to you. Um, I guess any any thoughts on like the contenders um, or the teams that could be contenders? Yeah, Trevor, I'm going to be honest. I And I'm such a casual NBA fan, but I had no idea that the Pelicans were playing this well. And I know that Zion's I was just about – that was going to be my question. I had no idea. I mean, they're nine games over 500. And, yes, I know Zion's hurt now and, and out for some time. But but still, like – I mean, the, I just assume the Pelicans are always going to be bad. Even though they got Zion, I just assume they were always going to be bad. So I'm impressed with that. Um, my other thought, Trevor, is and I, I think we said this a few weeks ago, but the, the Sacramento Kings are, are fifth in the Western Conference. I don't think I've ever seen them be a single-digit seed in the Western Conference in my lifetime. So um, it, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with both the Pelicans and the Kings. They've kind of just been common basement dwellers of the West Western Conference. If not basement, then they're like the 8th through 10th best team in that conference. So – um, I guess 
all those years of having top five draft picks for, for the Kings is maybe finally paying off for them. Um, good for them. And obviously the, the Golden State Warriors again, you're, I mean, you already said it, but if they can get healthy, they still have a insane amount and insane amount of talent on that team. Even with Steph Curry out, Clay Thompson's playing fantastically. Draymond Green does what he does. He's, he's a, he's a fantastic distributor of the basketball. He gets it to the playmakers. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. I think based off of what we've seen, because Golden State has struggled and because, like you said, with, with Dallas, Luka's great, but they have nobody else. Um, I, I think I agree with you in terms of really the two best teams are, are the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. And I think most most casual fans like myself are cool to see the Grizzlies because we made this point last year. They're just a fun team. They, they haven't Their franchise hasn't been good. It's cool to see them kind of in the mix at the top with a superstar like John Morant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I agree. And with the Pelicans, like, they haven't even, like, they've been this good. And they haven't, as a team, really all played together. Like, Brandon Ingram has been out for a lot of this time when they've been playing so well with Zion kind of going nuts and making, like, an MVP case. And now Zion's out, and Brandon Ingram's finally about to return from injury. It's it's kind of funny how that happens. Um, but they haven't played fully together as a team, um, you know, which is tough. But if we can get to a point where we're in late March and we f- hopefully we finally get to see them all play together as a team – um, you know, there's a chance that, that they could be the best team in the West. It's it's possible. Um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, just because of the talent they have. I mean, they have to, they're young, they have to put it together, they have to figure out how it fits, but the talent they have is, is pretty wild. Um, so that's kind of you know, the first two tiers. The, the next tier I have, uh, teams that sh- either, you know, they're a playoff team, they should be going for the playoffs. I have the Kings, the Trailblazers, the Timberwolves, and the Lakers. Now, the only reason the Lakers are in this tier is because they've made it clear that that's what they're doing. They're not going to try to tank. Um, They're not going to try to trade away Anthony Davis or LeBron, even though there's an argument to be made that they should. But, you know, that's clearly not in their plans. That's not even something they're really thinking about. So they are in this tier because they are, you know, under the path of like, it's LeBron and AD, what can we do? what can we put around them to make it happen? So with the Lakers, there's about like 15 things that have to go perfectly right in order for them to be contenders um, at all. Um, But if every one of them goes right, maybe they could, but they essentially need LeBron to continue playing at this level that he is playing at, at age 38. They need Anthony Davis to have a full recovery from this injury and play like he was playing in December. They need that to happen. And, you know, Austin Reeves is hurt, Lonnie Walker's hurt, they need those guys to recover, and they need to figure out a couple trades. They have these two first-round picks that they need to figure out, you know, how are they, if they're going to trade Westbrook with a pick, can they get back a shooter and, like, a good wing defender? Um, Like, how are they going to improve themselves? So that's kind of the Lakers situation. Obviously, the Trailblazers are kind of, like, they're decent, but it's clear that they they obviously need much more, but they, they can't, they're not in a position to tank either. And the Timberwolves also aren't really in a position to tank because they just made this terrible trade to get Rudy Gobert to give away all these first-round picks. And now they can't tank. They they just can't. So because of this terrible trade they made, they are in a position where they can't tank. They have Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. They have to try to win. And in order to win, they, they might actually explore making another trade uh, because Carl Anthony Towns has not exactly been the best or or the most winning player this season. He's not been that great. Now he's he's been hurt lately. But I think maybe they can explore looking to trade Carl Anthony Towns potentially. 
Uh, but that's kind of that tier. Last tier I have here, just quickly, the last tier teams that should tank. Uh, the Utah Jazz, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, you can make an argument just because of the Jazz's record that they should go for the playoffs. But I, I don't know. I don't really see it with the team they have. Lori Markkinen's the best player. You have Jordan Clarkson, uh, you know, Kelly Olenek, some of these other guys. I, I don't know if I don't know how much value it is for them to get an eight seed and then lose in the first round. I'm just I'm just not sure. Um, so I still kind of think that maybe with these picks they have, they should possibly look to um, you know potentially trade away a guy like a Mike Conley or trade away a guy like a Jordan Clarkson um, in order to get a little bit worse and in order to add more assets um, to this team. So that's kind of. The way I see the West, uh, Brandon, what do you think? What's your uh, main takeaway here? My main takeaway is I think the Lakers might have a chance. You know, they got LeBron James. That gives them a better chance than anyone, <laughs> actually. Um, so I, I think you put them in the wrong tier, to be honest. If we're, if we're being frank, you put them in the wrong tier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's about it. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's about it in the NBA. So we will uh, move on to, of course, professional football. Um, and obviously a big week coming up. We have the, the final week of the season. Uh, but as always, we're going to go over the past week, week 17. Um, ben, I'm going to start with you. Any big storylines that you want to go over from this past week in football, week 17? Brandon, why are you always going to start with me? I don't even have the, the thing pulled up. I don't even remember who played. You got it off the You're dome. You're joking. The play. This, is a, this is a bit he's doing. This is a bit. He's he's joking. I I wasn't joking. <laughs> um, I mean, I will pull it up. We'll wait. Okay. I mean, I'm looking. Uh, <laughs> we like awkward pauses on this podcast. The Lions well, beat just, the Bears. I, I, like, I don't. I don't. The, the Chiefs won. I mean, they 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 play garbage teams, but like I guess they won. Um, it's frustrating because the Chiefs are just beating garbage teams by a couple points. But it's the NFL. I mean, it, it wins a win, whatever. Um. Again, according to Brandon, a 30-point win in the NFL is not that impressive, so it's whatever. Um, I mean, I, I, oh, Trevor, here you go, Trevor. The Bucks look good, right? Didn't they look good? I didn't watch the game. Garbage version. Uh, I, think, I think Tom Brady looked, looked like, not terrible. I mean, and they came back I mean, at the end. I mean, he looked very good at the I end. I mean, yes, Tom Brady looked good, um, but, I mean, it's not exactly like the Carolina Panthers. I mean, one of their corners was hurt. He was out. Of, he didn't play. Yeah, Casey Horn. Um, it was, like, their best player. Yeah, it's their best corner. So it's not like... He was going against a great secondary, but he did play well. I mean, but again, it's like the Bucks. Like, it, yeah, they can find you ways can say to, this. to sneak by in these games against teams that are mediocre. Yeah. But it's like, again, mediocre. It's, it's the same or just bad. But it's like, you know, okay, so they're now the four seed. They're locked in the playoffs. Now they have to go in a wild card and potentially play the Dallas Cowboys, a team who's probably going to destroy them by twenty plus points. So I don't know. It's just. It's not exactly like super optimistic them barely sneaking by the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go so far to say the Carolina Panthers are mediocre. That's a pretty wild take. The Panthers suck. Uh, but look, no, you can't say they suck. No, they do. No, they are they are mediocre. I think that is a. Totally they are six fair and ten. Problem. That is not mediocre. Yeah, but being bad would be like being the Texans, where you're two and thirteen. There's a big difference between a two and thirteen team and a six and ten team. I think you can say mediocre. I mean, I think if you're gonna say somebody's terrible, I mean, they six wins is not terrible. It's bad, but terrible is like it's it's I really mean, bad. Like, ter- like I mean, the 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 Panthers aren't even gonna have a top what four pick. 
No, they're not a top 10 pick. Okay, yeah, but not every top 10 pick team is a terrible team. They're bad teams. I think terrible, right, well, I think the Panthers keep, are I think you're using the bad. word terrible too liberally. I, I think you need to be more conservative with the term terrible. I, I, I think <laughs> only a couple teams can be terrible. The rest, the rest of the teams are just bad. All right, let me clarify then. Let me clarify. The Panthers are terrible, and oh the Bucks barely beat them at home. And to have a, a a very nice, granite, very nice comeback by Tom Brady on Mike Evans, who's playing like the fifth string cornerback. I mean, this team doesn't have their their main quarterback that started the year. Although Donald did play very well, um, most of their players have either been traded or are hurt. And Tom Brady and the Buccaneers could could barely summer up a win against the six and ten Panthers. So I mean, did they win? Yeah, was it impressive? No, very unimpressive. Uh, quite the opposite. I'm excited for that first round exit for Tom Brady in the playoffs. It'll be very fun to watch. Um, as a avid Tom Brady hater. So, I'm excited for that. But, uh, impressive? No. Definitely not impressive. Not impressive at all. Honestly, this week, as in terms of, you know, the games, nothing that crazy happened. Maybe the, the Packers beating the Vikings yeah. by so much. Uh, not that the Vi- I don't think the Vikings are good at all. The, what term? Frauds. The Vikings are frauds. Yeah, I just think, I, I mean, the Vikings aren't good. Kirk Cousins stinks. And the Packers kind of seem to be hitting their stride a little bit. I don't think the Packers are great either at all, but they do seem to be hitting their stride just a tiny, tiny bit. Um, and they control their own destiny. They very well could make the playoffs. Uh, Trevor, anything that you want to talk about from Week 17 before we move to our cross-off, which more is going to be a discussion today? Yeah, I mean, the most surprising result was the Saints being the Eagles. Like, I didn't expect that to happen. I know Jalen Hurts didn't play, but... It's not exactly, I mean, at least I, I thought previously, I don't know if that's actually the case, I, I thought Gardner Minshew was, was at least okay, serviceable, maybe not. But mm-hmm. losing to the Saints, I mean, that's a terrible loss. The Saints are, ju- I would say, just as bad as the Panthers, if not worse, and they lose that game. Um, so it's just weird, you know, just surprising result to keep an eye out for that, that maybe could cause a little bit of concern with Philly. But, you know, every team has a game like this, I guess, throughout the NFL season. It's just a little concerning that it's this late in the season. Yeah, I, I'm i actually not that concerned. I thought this game was pretty predictable. The Eagles have a good amount of injuries that are very important. Lane Johnson was out. Uh, Avante Maddox was out. Javon Hurts was out. Um, they had Jordan Davis who was hurt. And A.J. Brown were dealing with injuries. So I, I don't think this was that surprising at all. As we've talked about on this podcast before, you, for whatever reason, think Gardner Minshew can, like, start in the NFL. He cannot. He is not good. Uh, he is a backup for a reason. Uh, and obviously the Saints are also not that good. But I think the overwhelming injuries, especially with their MVP caliber quarterback this year, uh, kind of put the Eagles to put this one as, a, as an out. They also, I don't think, really needed to win this game. I don't think it was, like, that big of a deal. I'm sure they wanted to win. So I, I, I felt like this was a pretty safe bet to say the Eagles were going to lose this game. Um, it was definitely going to be a rough road without Hurts. Um, let's move on here to our our uh, our, our write-off, our cross-off. And this week, we're kind of going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to talk about how we can win the cross-off because we could either pick the Jets or Saints. We have not crossed off either one. Both of them are eliminated. So we're not going to cross off a team because this is the final week of cross-offs. What we are going to do is talk about the situations in how we're going to win. So we talked about this a little before in the podcast. Trevor, what is the situations that we win our cross-off here? Yeah, so first off, we, we have to have the Titans win against the Jaguars because 
whoever wins that game is gonna I, I believe whoever wins that game is going to win the uh division so yes. you know whoever whoever wins that game wins we've already crossed out the jaguars in the past we did it very early in the season when they had a very bad record obviously they have won many games in a row they've won four in a row and they've just played really well recently so we need the Titans to win, been really good. which, you know, on paper doesn't seem great because the Jaguars have been the better team, obviously, for a while now. But I will say the one thing that the Titans have going for them is that they have a little bit of a rest edge here. I believe they have 10 days uh, in between games. They played that Thursday night game, whereas um, the Jaguars don't have nearly as much of a break here. Um, and I think there's a couple injuries as well that may be a factor, but I, that's really the only thing. I still would probably pick the Jaguars to win, but we need the Titans to win. So we, we need the Titans to win. We also need either the Patriots or the Dolphins have to win because we have already crossed up the Steelers, and the Steelers would get in as the seven seed if both the Patriots and Dolphins lose. So we need that to happen. And the side of the NFC, um, just looking at it quickly, we need the Seahawks to win. The Seahawks are one of the teams we have not crossed off. We need them to win, solidify the seven seed. However, there is a Lions-Packers game taking place where um, if the Lions beat the Packers um, and the Seahawks win, we're good. However, if the Packers win, I believe they have the tiebreaker. Uh, ben, I think, I think is that correct? Yes. The Packers have the tiebreaker over the yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, the, the Packers just have to win. They, if the Packers win, they're in. That's they all control they their do. own destiny. Right. Yeah. So the Packers are a team we've crossed off. We've also crossed off the Lions. So we need the Seahawks to win, and we need the Lions to beat the Packers. The Lions to then win. In order yes. to uh, be safe here, which is a lot of things that we need to go right, but you never know. Crazier things have happened. I will say I think we've done a pretty decent job because like the Commanders were really going to throw a wrench in our in our plans there for a second. Um, obviously, like the whole Jags thing might hurt us, but I mean, who knows? They could lose. Like I think where where we were a couple weeks ago, I think we were in a lot worse position. I think things have at least a little bit gone in our favor. Yes, the Packers really hurt us, but um, I think we've done a pretty decent job this year. I'm actually proud of ourselves. Pat on pat on the back. I think we did a we did a good job. I, I think overall, especially for our first year and not like fully understanding what we're doing with the you know the rule set, I think next year we're gonna get it like a hundred percent. It'll be easy. We're gonna go into this final week. We're gonna be feeling good, um, and, and we're gonna get it. Another thing that messed us up this year is the two divisions that were a mess: the AFC yeah. East and the NFC South. The NFC South, we couldn't cross off these horrible teams for so long. Um, and same with the AFC East. We couldn't cross off those teams for so long. Honestly, the AFC North kind of threw a wrench in our plan as well. Um, cause they might get three teams. So the, those are the, we had three divisions, which normally it's not that many. We had three divisions that were just all kind of weird, um, and, and, and made that happen. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully we get it right. We're, we're Titans fans today and we're rooting, I think against the Packers, right? Yes, yes. we are. Yes. Go so, Lions. There we go. Um, next, let's talk about some Super Bowl contenders. You know, we're getting into the playoffs here. We are talking a little bit before this podcast about who we think could possibly be Super Bowl contenders. Time to have a discussion on the podcast. So before, you know, when you look, you baseline look at it, to me, there's five teams that I think can get there, and there's really only three teams that I think could win. Um, and before I go, I want, I want to hear some of your thoughts. Trevor, let's start with you. Uh, how many teams do you think are contenders? Yeah, so I, I wrote down six teams. Now, obviously, you know, obviously some of these teams I definitely have higher than others. 
But the six teams I have here are the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, all in the AFC, those three. And then the NFC, I have the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys would be sixth within that top six. And I think the 49ers, based on having Brock Purdy at quarterback, would probably be fifth. But nevertheless, I think there is a path for all six of those teams to win the Super Bowl, despite the fact that the Cowboys are that the sixth team. But those, you know, the top four, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles, all very good teams. I see a very clear path for all of them if things go right. They're all very solid. They've shown enough throughout the season to where I think they're very legitimate contenders. The Niners, again, the quarterback's the only thing, obviously. And then the Cowboys, it's a, a combination of things. Um, obviously, his, history, um, recent play, I would say. Uh, you know, just a, a number of things, but they still have so much talent. Oh, I didn't even mention coaching. I would say coaching is a big reason to not like the Cowboys, obviously, because M- Mike McCarthy has not been good uh, lately. But nevertheless, they have so much talent. Uh, they got the big win over the Eagles. So I, they're sixth, you know. I have them sixth. Interesting. So you have six. Ben, what do, what do you think? How many teams do you think are full-on contenders? So I, I would agree with Trevor. I would say six. I... I same thing with Trevor, like the Cowboys would be the sixth team, but honestly, I'm just going to cut them out. I'm going to say it's five because come on, it's the Cowboys, Trevor. We know they're not winning the Super Bowl. They're, they're not even going to get the Super Bowl. Trevor, they're not even going to get to the NFC championship game. We know that that's a fact. I can promise you that's going to happen. Um, so I'll say five. And I, I agree with everything Trevor said. Obviously you got the big three in the AFC. I think those were the easy ones in the AFC going into the year. It still is the case um, as of right now. In, in the NFC, the Eagles are clearly the best team in the NFC. Um, because the 49ers have that quarterback issue. And yeah, Brock Purdy's been fantastic, but um, at some point you get to, at some point in the playoffs, you have to get to a point where it's not just the quarterback can't lose us the game. You need your quarterback to win you the game. And I don't know if Brock Purdy can win them the game against an Eagles or maybe even against the Cowboys or whatever. Um, he, he's, he's done a great job. And at this point, when you're playing regular season teams, really you just got to make sure your quarterback's not losing you the game. But when you get to the Super Bowl or to the, the championship game or whatever, you need your quarterback to win you the game. And I don't know if he has the ability to do that. I just haven't seen enough to, to be confident about that. So um, I'll say I, – I almost think it's tiered, though. Like, I'll say I think you have four legitimate ones that I am very confident. I think, honestly, one of those four will win between the big three in the AFC and the Eagles. And then you kind of have that second tier almost of contenders where I, where I would put the Cowboys and, the, and the, the Niners. And then you have even below that, I guess you could throw in the Vikings. Probably the most disrespected 12 and 14 of all time, Trevor, I would like to point out. You didn't even mention them. You didn't even give them the time <laughs> of day to mention the Minnesota Vikings. 11 and 0 in one score games this year. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure that our Vikings fans that listen to this are, are feeling like they're, they're being represented here. Um, they have no shot of winning the Super Bowl. I want to make that very clear. But they are 12 and 4, so who knows? Well, I'd, I'd put the Chargers ahead of the Vikings, just, just pointing that out. The disrespect. I'd put the Trevor. Chargers the ahead of the Vikings. Are 12 too. And 4. They're 12 Look, the Vikings, four, Trevor. The Vikings are going to get first rounded. I, I, I feel pretty oh, confident sure. about saying They're that. They're garbage. But let's not forget um, the 12 and 4. So I have five teams that I think are capable of making the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, the the three in, or the, what did I say? Yeah, the three in the AFC, and then the Eagles and Niners. I think those are the best five teams um, by a decent margin. Uh, the Cowboys would be the sixth team. But I just don't see the Cowboys being better than the Niners or Eagles at all. I just don't see it being there. Um, I, the Cowboys' defense took a little bit of a step back this year. It's still good. It's not that it's bad at all, but it definitely took a little bit of a step back. Their offense has been quite exceptional, leaning on the run game of Pollard and Zeke. 
Um, but they're going to have to play the two teams that are two of the better run defenses in the league, the Eagles and Niners. So I think it's going to be tough for them to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, are going to have to play one of those teams most likely, um, and it's going to be a tough road for them. Of the five teams, I think... I, I think we could definitely cross off the Niners. I think the Niners are the next worst. Not because of their actual team outside of quarterback. If they even had a decent quarterback, I, I would feel pretty solid about the Niners. But Brock Purdy is not that guy. He just isn't. Um, he's not going to lead this team to a Super Bowl. Uh, Lance, I don't know, maybe. Who knows? We haven't seen really much of him at all. And Garoppolo, I think maybe they have a shot for sure. Um, I like the Eagles a lot. I like the Chiefs and the Bengals a lot. The Bills, I think, would be my, my fourth team. I'm concerned about Josh Allen's elbow. He has not been nearly as good since he hurt his elbow. He'll be able to play. He's not 100%. Um, there's definitely some bother there. He's thrown some weird passes, some weird picks recently. They've definitely gotten out of some games, really tough games, but playing the Bengals and Chiefs is going to be an uphill battle. I think in terms of legitimate contenders... The Bengals and Chiefs are both really, really good. I have a lot of confidence in the Bengals, Ben. I know you don't like when I say that, but I, I just think it's the truth. I think the Bengals are playing their best football right now. They are not too, too hurt. They do have some key injuries, but fewer than than uh, the Bills do for sure. Uh, the Chiefs, on the other hand, don't have a lot of key injuries. Their offensive line hasn't played great this year, but I have a lot of faith in Mahomes. Um, the Bengals and Chiefs are 1A and 1B to me. Either one, I think... Uh, has a really good shot of coming out of the AFC. And I think the Eagles are, are head and shoulders the best NFC team. Um, you know, as long as Hurts is okay, uh, again, uh, Maddox back, I just talked about this, um, and, you know, they're playing in the playoffs. The Eagles will have a very good shot of making it to the big game. So a uh, lot of faith in the Bengals, Eagles, and Chiefs for me. Uh, ben, do you want to talk about the Bengals quickly? They're your team. Do you want to say anything about them? I mean, it, with, with this whole AFC playoff situation, like, it, it's hard because, I mean, we don't even know where some of these games might be played. I mean, yeah, I think the Bengals are a good team. Don't get me wrong. And I don't want to say this, Brandon. You're going to make me say it. Knock on wood, a lot of their key injuries, they've slowly started to get people back. Yeah. Um, Hendrickson has been back. Sam Hubbard's back. Yeah, really, just so. the big one is uh, Lyle Collins. Lyle that's, Collins, yeah. He's yeah. not coming back. And that's kind of it, a, though. A woozy, they're their best corner guy. Oh, yeah, Awuzie is out. That's a big deal, too. Um, but they're, they're two defensive line you know, key injuries. They're, they're both back now. So they are they are getting healthier. Everyone that was that's on the roster that's not on IR has practiced this week. So it, it, that is a good sign. But and I hate that I said that, Brandon. I'm so mad that you made me say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're a good team. And, and a year ago, not a year ago, because the year ago we didn't think this was happening, but before the playoffs last year, I would have said like, I don't know, it's going to be hard for the Bengals to go into Buffalo or into a Kansas city and, and win a game. Um, but they did it last year. I mean, Kansas city is probably one of the two or three hardest places to play in the NFL. And they did that in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think, I think it's impossible to say that the Bengals can't do it. So you're right. I think the Bengals are absolutely one of the top. I guess you could say four teams win the Super Bowl because they almost yeah. did it last year. Um, they they have the quarterback that can do it. So I don't. I, I also I, think I, like I, I want to be negative, and I want, I, want, I don't want to like, right. them up, but like it's hard not to. I mean, they've proven that they. Can if do you it. look at the top three AFC teams, I think the Chiefs are the Chiefs are still really really good, but but objectively they got worse from last year. They are not as good as a team as they were last year. Um, just objectively, you look at the 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 Bills. I think you could say they. They kind of stayed stagnant. They 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 kept their level of excellency. The Bengals got significantly better this time last year. The Bengals had like a very outside shot of 
you know, making the, the, the Super Bowl. This year, I, I would almost put them as Don't the favorite it. to come Don't out of the AFC. Say, oh, Brandon, you're killing I'm sorry. I, I, it's what I think. Me. It's my actual thoughts. I only tell the truth. Um, now, granted, I don't think it's like this drastically great chance over the, the Chiefs and Bills. I think both those teams are also really, really good. It's going to be tough to get there. But the Bengals, to me, of those three, look the best. I, I have a lot of confidence in the Bengals. They've been looking really good as of late um, and kind of just beaten everyone. So, now, again, though, this is all being said before. We don't even know what these playoffs look like. The Bengals might have a first. Right. They could be so They could be a, a, like a two-seed or a five. I mean, yeah, in, so we're we saying this all before that. It's just because like we, we just have no idea. It's, it's wild. Right. Right. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on here to SBP bets. Um, we're, we're getting towards the end here of our, of our bets. I actually got to pull uh, our overall bet up because I am not on it. Uh, but let's go through some of our personal bets while I'm doing this. We have... Brady versus Burrow touchdowns. This is chalked. Ben, you, you've you just won this. I'm crowning you the champion. Um, we have, between me and you, Ben, we have Herbert versus Allen touchdowns. You had Allen. I had Herbert. That's also kind of chalked. You've won that one. Yeah. Um, we have, Trevor, between me and you, we have the uh, Lions versus Panthers wins. Uh, the Lions have clinched this. The Panthers lost last week. The Lions won. I have won this one 100%. I guess the others are technically not 100%. Uh, this would be the only technical 100% one um, in in terms of the, 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 the Lions being up two games. But, Ben, you, you've won yours. Um, and then our final one, which is overall points, the average points scored by a team in the NFL this season. Um, it is stuck at 22. Uh, ben, you had 22.2. Trevor, you had 22.4. And I had 22.9. So, Ben, you are going to have a clean sweep. Mm-hmm. Of all three, um, which I'd be very proud about if I were you. Um, I mean, I'm very proud. It's what I. It's what I do. I'm just a winner. It's a pretty good job, Trevor. You you have a clean sweep of losing. Yeah. How does that feel? Uh, it doesn't feel good, you know. But I will say that when we do our Big Brother draft, I'll get another win there. So uh, it's that like, is true. Know, yeah, Trevor's just gonna win the Big Brother draft of the summer. And then well, Joe's I Brandon. definitely won't Brandon win those. Win I have horrible, horrible yeah. success in those. So, Brennan, you better hold on to this 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 mm. Panthers versus Lions win because you don't <laughs> get in any of these. I I was so confident. I would have bet actual money that the Panthers would have finished worse than the Lions. Um, was it closer than you thought though? Because it really was. I mean, it was pretty close all year. Um, because the Lions. I don't know. Is two games close? Like, would like you that. consider two games close? Yes. It might be I don't three know. games. Considering at the how end. confident you were, maybe you were you were very confident. I so. think it got close at a point in time, but like if you really look at it, it wasn't. I mean, like, before last week, it was, it was. I mean, and it was what what one game or whatever, and then two weeks yeah. ago or whatever, you had the Lions um, got destroyed by the Panthers. So like, I think it was pretty close. I think in terms of like how it kind of ended up going, it was close, but their point differential difference is fifty two points. Like I don't really think it's that close. It was closer than it seemed. The Lions, the Lions are really not a bad team. Where the Panthers are not good, and I said terrible earlier. I'll stick to that. The Panthers are terrible. Also, the Panthers like this was. You couldn't have predicted this, but the Panthers had kind of a roller coaster of a season, getting rid of their coach. Baker's gone. They traded McCaffrey. They, so like I think, I think in the grand scheme of things, it was not that close. No. Well, the Panthers, I, I mean, the Panthers had did have a couple close losses. Like, they had that one game against the Falcons. Didn't the celebration blow it for them when they should have won it, I think? So, like, that could have been seven wins. I don't know. I, I don't think the Panthers are quite as bad as you're saying, but... 
Nevertheless, the Lions. But I mean, every team has close losses. The Lions had plenty of close losses too. They lost by four to the Dolphins. They lost by three to the Seahawks. They lost by three to the Eagles. They lost by three to the Bills. I mean, they've had a lot of close losses. So I mean, every team has close losses. But the Lions, like at this point, the Lions are beating teams by a lot. They beat the Jags by twenty six. They beat the Vikings by eleven. They just beat the Bears by thirty one. They're like actually becoming. They beat the Giants by thirteen. They're like actually becoming a good team. Slowly. I mean, they're not great, but whatever. We'll move on here um, to our final little segment, just looking at Week 18, talking about the games a little, little bit here. Um, I mean, obviously, the important ones are the ones that actually have implications on the playoffs. Titans, Jags is big. Ravens, Bengals is, I guess, big. Not really. Uh, we have Jets, Dolphins. That's important. Uh, what else do we have here? We have Lions, Packers, which is probably the biggest game. That's the night game tonight, I believe. Um, Tomorrow or tomorrow Sunday, night, yes, yes it's not Sunday, Sunday today, it is Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, those three are obviously the biggest. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about uh, in terms of games? I, I mean, I think those are the only ones that really matter. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Browns fan this week. Let's just end the Steelers. I'm also, actually, you're right. There is one that's, other important game. That big Browns fan the, the, this week. I mean, for multiple reasons. I want, I want the Steelers to make the playoffs, but also I'd love to see Mike Tomlin finally go under 500. I'm tired of him. That's the big thing. We want Mike Tomlin to go under 500. He's a fantastic coach, and it's annoying because he's he's just always really good. So I'm I'm over it. Yeah, I'm I'm content with uh, the Steelers losing this week. That and, and he awesome. also trips players, but it's whatever. We don't we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean we can if you really want. I'm I'm so down. I'm so so down. I was hanging out with some friends last night, and one of them I was explaining to her about how we want the Steelers to lose because Mike Tomlin sucks and he he tripped the Ravens player. And she was like, "No way, did she? Did he really?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I showed the video. And you know what's okay? Hold on, I was talking about this yesterday, Ben. It's interesting. Have you heard Mike Tomlin went on a podcast like a, a year ago and he talked about the situation? Yeah, it's pretty I, I believable. Re- like I I'm gonna be honest. It. I remember it. Him doing that. I forget what he said. So he said that, and you can actually see, I believe it. I'm going to be honest. I actually do believe it. It's pretty funny. He said he was looking at the Jumbotron in the other direction, which I don't know why you would do that. (laughs) He was looking in the opposite direction of where I was getting kicked at the Jumbotron, and he said, like, oh, wow, this is a good return. And then he's like, oh, you know, bad word. This guy's, like, I see myself on the screen. I got to move. So he moved. It's actually, I actually do believe it, but still I hate Mike Tomlin. Was it in Baltimore? Um, I think because I don't remember. Because Baltimore has those those jumbotrons, the big ones in each end zone, right? Yeah, they do. Pittsburgh doesn't yeah. have one in in one, one end. You're zone. right. You're right. So it was, well, speaking it of was Pittsburgh, this is the first year I went to the Steelers stadium. Their stadium sucks. Does it's it? It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Were, it's really how small. Were their, fans? were their fans like respectable? Or were they like the? Worst? They were pretty respectable. I didn't wear any okay. Ravens stuff. I felt like that was the uh, the safety I should do. That's fair. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair. Their fans were pretty respectable. I'm gonna be honest. They they were not that bad. I don't. With their um, stupid towels or whatever. That's yeah, the yeah, the, the towel, whatever. All right, look, we can have a separate podcast trashing the Steelers another time. Um, I think we'll wrap up this one today. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate all the support, as always. Of course, check out our website, thesmallballers.com. Um, go check that out. Look at all of our podcasts on there. We got articles coming out. Trevor, uh, you should have another article coming out tomorrow, correct? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to do it, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, he comes out with one. I love reading Trevor's articles. Uh, that keep me updated on the NBA. Please go check them out. Um, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.